We're reading this morning from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Thanks, Claire. So, it's over. Christmas is done. All that build-up, all that preparation, getting presents, getting food, getting family arrangements made, it's all done. And we're now into that strange period, that week, aren't we, between Christmas and New Year. That sort of, I heard it described by somebody else as betwixt us, between Christmas and New Year, that, that sort of odd period when you're not quite sure what day it is. You have to check the calendar. Well done, by the way, for remembering it was Sunday today. And um, it's a time, isn't it, when we, we sort of catch our breath after the experiences and uh, excitement of Christmas time. It's a time to reflect, maybe, on the year that's gone. Certainly a time to look forward to the year that's ahead. Look forward to, or perhaps brace yourself for the year that's ahead, depending on how it feels for you. But it's a strange, strange period, isn't it? Maybe you've been working over Christmas and this is your chance to uh, put your feet up. Um, but for many of us, it's, it's a quiet and odd time. But as we reflect on, on Christmas, um, I've picked up as, as the title for this talk, um, some words from the song Happy Christmas, War is Over by John Lennon, Yoko Ono, song from 1971, which probably dates me, doesn't it? Um, but um, the essence of this song is that Christmas should mean something. All this um, sense of peace and goodwill to all men it should mean something, shouldn't it? It should lead to something. They were, of course, 
um, very active in sort of being anti-war, anti the Vietnam War particularly, and that was their context. But the general theme was, if we've got all this goodwill and peace to all men, surely it must mean something, it must change something in the way that we live. Or do we just go back to normal? Do we just go back to normal? There's that wonderful story, isn't there, from the, uh, the Second World War on Christmas Day when the troops came over the, the trenches on Christmas Day after hearing each of them singing carols and exchanged gifts and um, played football together, which is, a, which is a lovely story. But the sad thing is that they then went back and the war resumed. Do we just go back to normal? We've... Um, read a little passage there from John chapter 1. And John, at the beginning of his gospel, tries to uh, capture the story of Jesus in uh, a different way to the nativity stories that are in Matthew and Luke. And he talks about Jesus in this way. He says he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. That sense that Jesus came, but nothing changed for many people. But it goes on, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children of God. That's a lovely image. That changes things, doesn't it? It changes your perspective on life. It changes who you feel you are and how you live. So today, we're going to spend some time looking at four characters from the, uh, the Christmas story. And um, we're going to think about how they responded to Jesus, what changed for them and how they responded. And think about what we... Or which, which of these characters are we like uh, today? But first, let's find out um, who amongst us is the most Christmassy. I'm going to give you a little test now, Christmassy test. Okay, so um, we're going to run through a list of some of the odd things that we do at Christmas, and we don't do it any other time of year. Uh, and let's see how many of us have done these. So to play this game, you have to stand up. If you're able, and if you haven't done this thing, then you can sit down, okay? So one of, the, one of the odd things we do at this time of year is give and receive gifts. Has anybody not given and received a gift? You can sit down. I thought that would probably be the case. Um, but. It's, it's, it's a strange thing, isn't it? We give gifts of birthdays to people, but the giving and receiving of gifts, the giving and receiving, is, is quite an odd thing to do, isn't it? Uh, I had a friend called Keith who uh, used to exchange five-pound notes with his brother every year. And it was probably the same one, but they just, they just did it that way. Okay, let's try another one. Uh, sit down if you haven't... Oh, sorry... That's right. Sit down if you haven't eaten turkey, or I appreciate there's some veg veg vegetarians amongst us. If you had a if you've had a Christmas dinner that's a vegetarian Christmas dinner, you can stay standing. Or if you've eaten turkey, you can stay standing. Otherwise, sit down. 
And I can see we are very Christmassy here, aren't we? Excellent. Turkey doesn't get eaten a lot, does it, at any other time of year? But for some reason, it's up there. Let's try this one. Stay standing if you've put up Christmas lights. Okay, you have to have put them up yourself, either on a tree or on your house or somewhere. You've put up Christmas lights. Okay, we've still got a good number. This is pretty amazing, isn't it? When you go past some houses and they are absolutely, they've gone over the top with the Christmas lights. Amazing. Okay, stay standing if you've worn a Christmas jumper over the Christmas period. Oh, some people are thinking, oh, that's good. We are starting to get down to the core Christmas guys and girls here, aren't we? Hmm. Stay standing if you have sung Away in a Manger. All three verses. Oh, we've lost one or two there. Stay standing. I'm just going, it's one of the other odd things about Christmas. We have special songs, isn't it? Stay standing if you've watched the Queen's speech. Ah. Okay. Okay, let's, let's see. Stay standing if you have pulled a Christmas cracker this year. Yes, all these people. Of course they have. These are the Christmassy people, aren't they? These are the Christmassy people. Um, and if you wore the paper hat. Oh, we've lost a couple. We lost a couple there. Okay, how long did you wear the paper hat for? That's the question. If you didn't wear it for more than 10 minutes, you can sit down. Oh, you wore it. <laughs> you wore it well. Okay. Now, I'm not asking you to sit down here, um, but has anybody had the opportunity to dress up as a nativity character? No. Today is your chance. You are the Christmassy people. <laughs> this is the ideal... Op oh, one's gone. <laughs> I'm looking for four Christmassy people. Yes, excellent, thank you. Could I have three more? Do, do, do come up, do come up. Yeah. I'm looking for four. We've got three here. One more. <laughs> you can't point at other people. <laughs> Okay, no, we've got four. We've got four. Brilliant. You're okay. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for doing this. So, what we're going to do now is we're going to sing a song. And while, you're, while they're, we're there singing a song, we'll, we'll go behind. I've got, a, I've got a couple of dresses or one to help you. We've got some costumes behind there, and you can help us. Thank you very much. So, if all has gone to plan, we now have four characters ready to introduce to you. And um, we will start with, um, with Mary, because she is the beginning of the story, isn't she? So is Mary ready to come out? There she is. Yeah, your first chance to be Mary. Yes. Were you, were you, were you overlooked in the uh, children of activities, were you? A random angel. No, this is your big, this is your big moment. So Mary, so I mean, Mary um, had a big surprise, didn't she? She had uh, a visit from an angel, 
And Mary's response to that big surprise was so positive, so positive. If we read from uh, Luke uh, chapter 1, I'm just reading from verse uh, 30 here. It says, But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. That's quite a surprise, isn't it, to get told that. Your first baby, we heard about Jasper today, didn't we? We also had our first grandchild this month. Uh, Alex was born in, on the 9th of December. And Alex's parents, Tim and Esther, their world is turned upside down. They've only just managed to get out of the house uh, after all this uproar. So that's a bit of a surprise, isn't it, to be told you're going to have a baby. But to be also told he will be the son of God. And of course, Mary's, situa Mary's situation, she, wasn't, she was engaged to Joseph but not yet married. So that was a big surprise to get that news. And yet, what does she say? What is her response? I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. If you could put the next slide up on the um, overhead. Th these two words are words that I think fit um, with Mary. Humility and willingness. And I think that picture, although it's a picture of a baby, it somehow captures a, a sort of an innocence in, in Mary's response, a good and pure innocence. Somehow she knew that God was good and that if he had brought this news to her, then it was good news. And she responded so positively, humility and willingness. So Mary, what I would like you to do to represent that humility and willingness is to put your hands out in openness, yeah? That's your gesture of acceptance and willingness. Because I think the question we need to ask ourselves when we, we think about this story and Mary's experience is, is this like us? Are we like this? Are we able to respond with that same humility and willingness? When we sense that God is calling us to something or a situation that we need to respond to? It's a challenge, isn't it? It's a challenge to be able to say, whatever God is calling us to, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. So Mary is our first response, positive, a really positive response. Now, I'm not going to make you stand there like that because it's going to get tiring, isn't it, after a while. But take, take a seat, Mary, take a seat. We'll meet our second character. So, is the shepherd ready to appear? Excellent, excellent. Looking very shepherdy. No sheep? No sheep. Okay, good. Excellent. Well, if you could stand here just for a moment. So, the shepherds had a big surprise as well, didn't they? They had a massive surprise. Uh, in Luke 2, we get the story of the shepherds. 
And uh, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Has anybody watched the Michael McIntyre midnight game show? You, you know what I mean then. Imagine you're in that state of just relaxed, it's night time, you're not expecting anything to happen. In his show, he, 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 he goes into someone's house and wakes them up in the middle of the night and starts asking them general knowledge questions or you know, questions about life and uh, celebrities and things like that. And all these people come in. Well, it was a bit like that. It was a bit like that, but even more amazing because first of all, this angel appeared and gave them this message. And then suddenly the whole sky is full of angels. What, a, what an incredible, incredible surprise. And um, after this has all happened and the angels have gone, um, and I suppose it is a bit like Michael McIntyre because he turns the light off, doesn't he? And everybody goes and, 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 you're, and you're left with this shot of this person in bed thinking, what just, what just happened? I can imagine the shepherds were a bit like that. But it says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, hey, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told them about. So their response was an impulsive response. Can we move the slide on to the next one. An impulsive response. They had an amazing spiritual experience. And they were compelled to respond. It's, it's, it's like something like that had happened. They couldn't just sit down and think, no, oh, that was nice. They had to respond. They wanted to go and see. They wanted to explore further. So we're doing some hand gestures to go along with our characters. So yours is more of a, that's it, that's it. But a sort of wonderful one, you know, happy one. <laughs> Brilliant. So you've got this massive, wonderful surprise, and you respond with a compulsion to follow it through. And I wonder how many of us here are like the shepherd. We've had some sort of spiritual experience, some sort of sense of something. You may not have seen angels, but you've had some sort of sense of God in your life. And you feel compelled to respond. Maybe that's why you're here. Because something has happened and you, you felt called. You felt you need to be somewhere. You want to explore. You want to find out. And this may be your way of doing it. Christmas itself may have been a prompt to think, yes, what is this about? What is going on? What happens next? Well, that is the big question, isn't it? What happens next? We have a new year. We have new opportunities. We don't know what the future holds, but maybe this is the point to say, okay, well, I'm going to take the next step, whatever that is, responding to God's uh, mystery, responding to that experience that God has called you to. So, if you could take a seat. Do we have a wise man? Or woman, possibly? Oh no, it's a wise man. Oh, that's very wise. 
<laughs> so the wise man, he, he also, with his colleagues, had a big surprise because they were studying the stars and they, you know, they, they took this seriously. They were looking to see how the stars moved and a new star appeared, an unexpected star. This was a big surprise. But these were men of reason. These were men of considerable uh, study. And uh, I, I don't think we can call this like a, a spiritual experience because it was more of an academic sort of process for them, I think. They were thinking about what this meant. They saw this star. In Matthew, we read, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. So they saw a star and they thought about what it meant and they planned an exhibition, an ex, ex, not exhibition, what do I mean? Expedition, thank you. They planned an expedition, which would have taken a lot of preparation. They thought about gifts, what is, would be suitable. You know how difficult it is thinking about gifts. They thought about what might be suitable. They got their gifts, they got their supplies together, and they set off, heading, following the star. And they thought, hmm, okay, a new king will go to um, where the palace is, and we'll ask there. It was a very thoughtful response, wasn't it? So whereas the shepherds was an impulsive response to an experience, this was a reasoned response. We saw his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. So I think your hand gesture is more of a, hmm, which I think you do very well. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this is more like you. Maybe you're not someone who has big experiences. You're more of a thinker. You're more of a reasoner. You, you work things through in your mind. And there's something about this Jesus and this story that you want to pursue, that you want to investigate. Thoughtful consideration leading to further investigation. The, uh, the next slide, yeah, conviction and pursuit. There's something in you, in your heart, that's telling you, you want to pursue this, and you do so. This picture uh, is actually painted by uh, Mark Fisher, who's uh, one of our congregation here. Uh, and he shared it with, uh, with some of us over Christmas, because it's a, it's a picture of three people walking uh, towards church, uh, on Christmas Eve. That's the, the concept behind it. But I thought it was appropriate to the, to the wise men making their journey thoughtful and looking for the cross, which in this picture also seems like a star above the church. Is that you this morning? Are you someone who's you know, quite a logical person and you're trying to think, well, where does this all fit together? How does it work? How does the story of Jesus fit into my life? 
Because I think like the shepherd, you also have to ask the question, what next? Where do I go next? What is the next response? As we come into the new year, how do I take this forward? And I think for, for you and for the shepherds, I would say there are plenty of opportunities within this church to explore. Um, maybe through the home groups uh, and through different, different avenues. But please, if you are in that situation, speak to Paul, speak to myself, speak to anyone you know in the church who can help you identify where you can take those next steps and follow through. Would you mind taking a seat over here? Our final uh, character is, uh, is Herod. So do we have a Herod? Very nice. I can see where the church funds have gone. Uh, so, uh, Herod, Herod had a big surprise as well, didn't he? Three wise men come knocking on the door from the Far East, and uh, they're suddenly saying, we saw his star in the East, and we've come to worship him, a new king. That was a bit of a surprise. And... Um, it says, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. So can you look a bit disturbed? Yeah, I think that's good. Herod's response, of course, was a negative response. Um, yes. We, we know how, ultimately, in verse 16, it says, when Herod realized that he'd been outwitted by the Magi after they'd gone and not reported back to him, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem um, under two years old. That's a horrible part of the Christmas story, isn't it? And I, I find Herod's reaction quite odd, really, because it's not as if he says, oh, that's, this is all nonsense, um, and just dismisses it. He seems to take it very seriously to give that response. He seems to believe it. He believes the prophecy. And yet, at the same time, he seems to be fighting against it, as if he can act against God, as if uh, he can change God's uh, overrule of what's happening in the world. It's a strange reaction. And of course, he can't, because Jesus has gone. He's escaped away from it. So Herod's response, if we could put the next slide up, is one of fear and rejection. He's frightened of what this Jesus might mean. He's frightened of the idea of a new king. He doesn't want it to be true. And he rejects it. So we're doing some hand gestures. If your hand gesture could be, that would be great. Thank you. Hold that there. So I wonder if there's anyone here who actually relates more to Herod than any of the other characters we've come across. This story of Jesus is one that you, you know. Um, perhaps you've been brought up in a family where this is a, a well-known story. But however it's come to you, you know it, but you don't want it to be true because it does mean something. It means, it sort of puts some sort of obligation on you. 
If Jesus came into the world, then do you really want that? Do you want this new king? Do you want this new person? Let me challenge you this morning, if that is you, to think again. You can't fight against God. You can't fight against God. You need to accept that he came for you and he loves you just as much as anyone else. So, if you could move over here, and if I could ask you all to stand up and adopt your various hand gestures, as you are our visual aids for this morning. Could you put the the last slide up for me, please? So, these are our four characters. And the question is, which, which of these are you most like? Are you like Mary, who was willing to accept with humility and uh, respond to what God was calling. Are you like the shepherds who've had some sort of spiritual experience and you're wondering where the next step is? Are you like the wise men who are thinking about things and you know, you've, you've responded to a certain level? I think one of the interesting things about the wise men is that they go away and I guess the shepherds too, they sort of go away and you never hear anymore, do you? You don't know what happened in their lives? Did those wise men follow through on what they had discovered or did they just stay at a distance and never really explore what it all meant? Or are you like Herod and you're pushing against this story? Because there is, this Christmas story matters because it is part of the big story. It is part of the big story of what God has done in our life. And um, John 1, verse 9, says, The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. It talks about Jesus as light. And what does this mean to us? Well, Jesus came to reveal more of God. His story, the story of his birth, the story of his life, the story of his death, and resurrection is part of that revelation of God's love for the world. It brings light into our world. If you live in the light of that story, it changes who you are. It changes literally who you are. You are a child of God. It changes how you out, your outlook on life. So do you live in the light of that story? Or do you say, no, I'm, I'd rather live in the shadow of of not believing that story. How do you respond? Let me leave that with you. Thank you to our characters. Uh, You can either keep your costumes on, (laughs) or you can go and change back again if you like. But thank you.